And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Now they give it to Green. Green stutter step. He's through. First down, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40. Run, William, run. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. In the backfield, two receivers left, one right. Mayfield back to pass. Lux going towards the end zone, and it's caught by Donovan Peoples-Jones. Touchdown! He got it! He got it! The rookie from Michigan got it with 11 seconds left to go! Pumping once, now throwing long down the left side. Slaughter has it! He's going in for a touchdown! The problem won the game! hey ho and what do you know welcome everybody to another edition of the top dogs podcast i am one half of the top dogs your maverick on this journey today alex hale as always joined by my co-pilot goose jack mccurry how are you buddy doing well man how are you I'm doing great. First and foremost, did you see the new Top Gun trailer? Oh, wait, I told you not you to. Told you told me not to. Because there's a big spoiler in it. There's a big spoiler Jack doesn't know about Top Gun. <laughs> and he still hasn't seen it. One year I, in and I still haven't seen it. And I, I literally am waiting for when Jack sees it. I want his reaction. I want it. Just because I know what he's going to say. And I'm just waiting for it. And then, yeah. But by the way, Top Gun Maverick trail, just chef's kiss looks beautiful. I mean, other than you have a Scientologist, you know, as yeah. a star. But yeah, yeah, it's whatever. But okay, whatever. We're not getting into that debate. There are good enough documentaries out there for your entertainment for that kind of stuff. Enough podcasts. Are we going to judge Hollywood actors' personal lives? Nah, because if you do, I'll slap you. <laughs> um, yes, I got back from uh, Saratoga Springs, uh, safe and sound, obviously. Uh, flew by a city field on my way back because I had to fly into LaGuardia. Did you but enjoy it? I enjoyed flipping it off. Very much so. It felt damn good when I saw his face. I said, you never wanted to be here anyways. Fuck you. So he's, you he's take all that the, smile and you choke on this. He's hitting home runs and meaningless games again. I mean, there's no pressure. Exactly. Exactly. You get the stats. Anywho, we're not getting into that today. Who are we talking <laughs> about? I have no idea. I mean, you figure it out. It's not like I need to take a nap to tell you this one. Mr. Smile. What? What? Oh, no, what? no, 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 no. It's not him. No, no. It's uh, it's uh, uh, you want to who gives a crap? We're not talking baseball on this podcast. This isn't a baseball podcast. There are other great baseball podcasts like one of our guests, uh, Caitlin Marshall and lead off talk. So there you go. Go check it out. Nice little segue into if you want baseball, go over there because that ain't this podcast. Uh, anywho, we got a bunch for you today. Obviously, with the week off, we did not really talk about the Deshaun Watson press conference last week. Uh, I do have some thoughts on it, not much. 
Uh, obviously, the whole Baker drama scenario is just literally out of control at this point. And I'm literally sick of it. Um, and I have a theory on what's happened to Baker because it's the only theory that I got. And I know a lot of people are really going to attack me on it. But there is a common denominator from his yes cocky but humble personality in college to his cocky abrasive personality in the nfl there is a common denominator it's very obvious who it is and it may be baker's own doing and i will explain that later so with that said how was your week well two weeks jack well pretty good you know, it's pretty good. Obviously, you know, just, just working away, trying to get back on track with like my health, my diet, trying to get that back on the straight and narrow. The weather does not pl- does not help because it, the weather in Ohio is so bipolar. <clears throat> we go from 70 to 40 to 50 to it's just all over the place. Um, Fucked up my obvi- sciences this week. Yeah. I mean, especially coming crazy. back from like New York to Cleveland. And it was just like my sciences couldn't take it. I didn't know you had to walk the tarmac at LaGuardia sometimes. Like, what the fuck? And by the way, by the way, fun LaGuardia story. I got to say this. There is a pizza place apparently in uh, the D terminal. I know the D terminal. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Laugh about it. Well, I had about so my flight got delayed by over an hour because of air traffic control, because of uh, crosswinds on the runway. So they only had one runway open. So it was bad. Um, And you could feel on landing. Um, So I literally am like, okay, I got about 30 minutes until we board. Just enough time. I find my way around fairly easily. Now, if the the uh what is it the shuttle got there earlier i probably would have gotten my food and left but you have to wait for a shuttle great awesome so i finally find where my gate is i go to this pizza place i ask them how long does it take to make a pizza they say 25 minutes i don't have that time and i look at them and i say well how much to make a sandwich 15 minutes perfect That is right when I need completely overpriced shit, which I'm like, I haven't eaten since I think it was 10 o'clock. No, about two o'clock in the afternoon because I had a salad for lunch. Um, So I I order this meatball sub. Now, Jack, what do you think goes on a meatball sandwich? Typically mozzarella cheese, meatballs, marinara sauce. Okay, so they put meatballs, ricotta cheese, and I think provolone. Okay. Okay? This guy doesn't even move after I order it. Like, he's just barely walking around. And I'm like, dude, it's been five minutes, and you haven't even started. You finished everyone else's. Theirs are in the oven. Okay, fine. And so he's just moving around with no urgency. I was... I was starting to feel my inner John Taffer. I'm telling you at this point, I'm texting one of my best friends and she's like, what the fuck is happening? I'm like, there isn't like, by the way, there isn't really like a fast food place in there. It's mostly sit downs or convenience stores in LaGuardia. It's terrible. Would never recommend 
anyone flying through there unless if you actually have time to kill. Um, and by that, I mean, sit down, eat and have a beer. There you go. Um, but I'm waiting and all of a sudden it's 15 minutes. I'm like, has he even put it in? And I kind of look and I don't see anything in the oven. And I'm like, the fuck is going on? I don't really ask because I'm a goober and I, I don't like to cause problems, but I was starting to get agitated. And he looked at me and he saw I was getting agitated. Like, uh, this guy's getting pissed at me. Okay, I think I'm going to start making it. And he puts it in the oven. Now, how long do you think a meatball sub takes to warm? Uh, five, ten minutes, maybe. Maybe not even that long. I stand there for ten minutes. It, actually, I'm sorry, 15 more minutes. He still hasn't pulled mine out. My watch goes off. We're boarding now. And I'm like, and he pulls something out. And I'm like, oh, shit, thank God. My thing's done. It's somebody else's pizza. I'm like, the fuck? And they were in like five minutes after me. I'm like, you got a pizza done before a goddamn meatball sandwich. And I walked up to the guy and I saw my sandwich. And I'm like, dude, you can take that meatball sub and shove it up your ass. There is no excuse for 30 minutes. I don't even have time for a refund. I got to get to my plane. I asked you how long this would take. You lied. You scammed me like a normal New Yorker. You fucked me. So you want to what? Go fuck yourself. And I walked out. I walked out. And he's he's ready to like fight me. And I'm like, bro, you, you don't even know where I'm from, man. I will kick your scum fat ass. And that was a fat motherfucker. I was ready to kick his ass, man. He come out there, man. I would have taken that pizza pan that he puts in there. That wooden pan and just whacked him in the head with it. It would have been amazing. Would have felt amazing, man. God. Got to my flight on time. Got back on time. I had food waiting for me, but shit. Never again am I flying through LaGuardia. Oh, my Lord. It was just the best time frame, you know, for me to fly and everything. So, whatever. It is what it is. Anywho. So, Jack, I'm going to let you choose. Are we going to do Baker first? Are we going to do the Deshaun Watson uh, presser first? Or are we going to unveil Mach 3.0? Let's go with Deshaun first, then Baker. Okay. And let's save the mock for last. We'll save the best. Oh, for last. yeah, because this one is insane. For sure. Well, the third one's always insane. Then the fourth one, yeah. we try to get real. We try to get real with y'all. So, anywho, the Deshaun Watson presser. Can we just say that was the most awkward shit ever? I think we like, all expected that, too. I know, but, like... Just some of the words Deshaun said, like, bro, you've had months to prep. Who on your media team told you I like to be hands on? Like, bruh, that you, oh my God. Like, you're not helping. I don't know if he's guilty, innocent, whatever. I will believe the victims first right now, but innocent until proven guilty, fair enough. And, you know, he's not being charged so yeah, whatever. 
but then again, the civil suit, they may see, you know, he's liable. So right. He's quote unquote guilty because OJ Simpson was guilty, you know, and he was also liable in the civil court. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, he was liable, meaning he's quote unquote guilty. Right. So that's the way they get you on that. But it just felt like, and this is just me, Andrew Barry never wanted Baker as the guy. He entertained it for Jimmy Haslam thinking the previous season, it wasn't going to work out. They were going to have a pick to go get Lance, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, one of those guys. And they were going to be the franchise guy. And I believe it would have been Justin Fields looking at what they've done at this point. I think that was the apple of Andrew Barry's eye. And it wouldn't shock me in the slightest if Andrew Barry, if we find out years from now, tried to even call Chicago on uh Justin Fields this year. Uh, it wouldn't shock me in the slice. I thought that was always plan B. That's my hot take of the week. Uh, Justin Fields was plan B and the Bears said absolutely not. Even with the offer of like maybe 13 and a second round pick next year. But like, I, I still believe he wants a mobile quarterback with a very talented arm. And I think that was his plan but he got plan a, uh, but I think it's very clear to me that Andrew Barry, he was waiting for Baker to screw up basically because it was not his pick. It's not his quarterback. It's not the style of quarterback that he wants, nor do I think that's the style of quarterback. Kevin Stefanski even wants, which what I mean by that is he is a spread quarterback, but, I think Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski from their analytics beliefs believe that a mobile quarterback is necessary. And that's where I think the preference of a mobile quarterback was always the intent. I also will throw this out there because now I've heard from people I talked to Malik Willis was very much in play at number 13. Andrew Barry was in, factuated with him if he couldn't get Watson what I was told by a source was the Browns were exploring ways to move up in the draft to get Malik Willis and I can't say where but my guess is they were talking with the Giants they've had success I mean granted it's not Dave Gettleman but you know they've had communications with the Giants before at least the ownership and the Giants have been a team that were looking to move down. But I also think as well, the Browns had still been in communication. I can't confirm this one, but I believe the Giants was one. I also believe they were still talking with Houston about number three, because Houston is talking about moving down. So it would not shock me if it comes out later the Browns were talking about moving up to get Malik Willis in this draft. I know a lot of people would be upset thinking Malik Willis is a project and, you know, he may not pan out and you might be right. But just from what I've seen the draft process, man, that kid, 
number one, he's a guy you want leading your team. Number one, that's the most important thing. Players will follow him, and he's very humble. And number two, the talent's just there. The talent is just undeniable. I mean, I loved him coming into the year. He just had a bad year, and he lost a lot of weapons from the year before and really was working with a bunch of freshmen, sophomores who really had never played at the level that they were playing at. So I still believe it was a fluke year. And I think Malik is going to be a very good pro in the NFL. And I believe the Browns were very interested. He may have been plan B all along. Um, but I think it was a toss up between Justin and uh, Malik Wills. But I think the number one takeaway was Andrew Barry didn't want him, want Baker. Neither did Kevin Stefanski. That was a Jimmy Haslam thing, a loyalty to Baker thing. You were our number one pick, and rightfully so. I'm not going to say Jimmy's an idiot because, I mean, 2018, you know, you think there's something there still, and you give him a chance, rightfully so. The thing with Deshaun, though, he just – he came across as awkward, for lack of a better word. I don't know where – where guilt is on this. I don't know if he did it or not. Um, I did not like the answer of I'm not going to get treatment. I don't need help. Blah, blah, blah. We all need help. Deshaun shut the F up. Like if anything, I'd be talking to a therapist about how you're going to deal with this shit all year. Like now you don't need to announce that. And maybe he probably is. If he's smart, he is, but even for this, it's like, I know you're trying to maintain your innocence and you m- may be innocent. Again, I will say this for the millionth time. I'm not a conspiracy theorist believer, but there is a plausible scenario that he could be telling the truth. I just can't get past the number. That's been my holdup this whole time. For Watson to act the way he did to me, it came across as I got away with it. I got to get through this uh, legal, you know, civil suit and I'm done. And whatever suspension the NFL gives me, they give me, and I'm not going to do this again, but I'm out of Houston. I can win now. Okay, let's do this. You know, I'm going to win and everybody's going to forget it. And, you know, it's going to be great. And that's it. Like, I just don't know where to stand with him. And I think that's a lot of Browns fans and the divide within the fan base is very real. I mean, we saw uh, Jim Tomey's wife cancel her season tickets, which is unbelievable. I mean, she grew up in this area, grew up a Browns fan and, you know, to stand with number one, I think it's very brave of her to say that knowing the backlash because number one, Jim Tomey's wife is the one a lot of Indians fans at the time blamed for Tomey leaving for Philly. My wife is my rock. Exactly. So she is already a heel in Cleveland lore. And people forget she's from here. She didn't want to leave. Um, so there you go. Uh, I think it's brave for her to say this because, again, She's already been a villain in Cleveland lore. 
She's only doing it more to herself and she doesn't care. And Jim works for the White Sox. So they're kind of the heels in Cleveland right now. So for her to say that and stand with the women, I consider extremely brave and I admire it. I don't like the fact that fans, and I'm going to say this because this is the one thing with some fans that I find very, what's right where I'm looking for? Slimy. I, I can't think of a better word. Slimy. Um, they keep saying, well, I can, I can be next in line for season tickets. <laughs> like, if that's all you care about, like, okay, then you have no morals. You know, I, I mean, I'm not saying like you're not picking a side, but it's like if you're only in it for yourself, like, that's just selfish. Like, it doesn't matter, you know, if Deshaun did it or not, like in your eyes. Like, it doesn't matter if the victims are telling the truth or not. It just doesn't in your eyes. You you just want the tickets. You just want, you know, that little piece, you know, of the pie. And maybe you have a right to it. Maybe you do. But if you're going to be selfish about it, I can't respect that. Like, this is a very touchy time in this fan base. And if you're thinking of yourself when really what we should be doing as a fan base is finding common things to agree on, like number one, this is the best Browns team on paper we've ever had, ever. If Deshaun's healthy and returns to form, tell me this is not the best assembled Browns team we've ever had. Jack, am I lying? Nope. I mean, I think it blows at least the, offensively. At least defensively, offensively, there's still question marks. Fair enough. I think this team would destroy the 80s Browns defense. Minifield Dixon would have fits working with Cooper and Najoku and others, mm. but also having to worry about is Deshaun gonna run or is Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt gonna get the ball or Dearness Johnson? Like Again, I, I totally forgot. Dearness Johnson has not gotten the tender offer yet. Which no, I find, he did. He oh, just he hasn't did? signed it. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, he had the tender. The, but what about the other? Has our team offered him yet? Nothing. That's where I'm surprised. Yeah. I don't know how restricted free agency works, but yeah, he hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't gotten an offer sheet. He yet, might be wanting too much, too. Maybe. Okay, we'll take him back one more year. Let's do it. Run it back. <laughs> one more time, baby. The three-headed monster. You're all screwed now. I mean, the 80s Browns had two running backs for a while. Yep. And then they had three. And that this group is better than that one. I mean, there are things to be excited about. Yes, the quarterback could probably most likely is a scumbag. And I've said on this pod, I don't stand with Deshaun Watson, but I stand with I would say good majority, at least 90% of those players in the locker room. And I want them to be great. I stand by Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski. I want them to be great. I can't let one guy tear me down. Am I not going to games? Am I not paying for merch? Absolutely. I'm still stand by that. 
that is a fair middle ground for me, but I will still watch the games on TV. And I mean, right now I want to get a custom Jersey. I want to get a custom, my nickname on the back number seven Jersey, but I've sworn I'm not going to do it until I see some actual work in the community and the Haslam's I'm sorry, that presser, Jimmy just should never do interviews again, period. He looks like an idiot. And I'm sorry, like, Jimmy just looks like an idiot every time he interviews, like he doesn't know what's going on. And D is the only thing that is keeping me, like, with some hope that they're going to do the right thing eventually. And I, I think we know Dee has them well enough that, yes, she's going to do the right thing. But, man, just that Friday just felt so weird. And I'm going to tell you, Jack, I had some PTSD from that. Like how, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole story, but I had some PTSD reaction from that to where, I was in Saratoga and I looked at my uncle. I said, do you have a, do you have an extra ticket for the show tonight? Cause he works at the uh, cafe where they do the live shows. And he's like, yeah, just sit in the back. Okay, cool. Fine. I don't give a crap. I just sat in the back, listened to some folk music and I was cured. Thank God. But I know folk music, very weird for me. It was, just, it was different. It was, it, I gotta say very, uh, it's so different that it kind of refreshes you when you hear something different. I recommend that kind of a treatment, guys. Uh, anyways, Jack, what were your thoughts on this presser? And like you were talking about your PTSD, like I, I'm sure there was plenty of people, not just you, that were having flashbacks. I mean, obviously, Marla Ridenour, the Ekron Beacon Journal, wrote an article saying, yeah, you know, I mean, her experience, her history with sexual assault, obviously. Um, she's been having flashbacks and nightmares since, and, you know, I was very, uh, brave of her to come public with it Extremely. and talk, tell her story. I mean, that was amazing for her. Um, you know, but like that press conference, I didn't think I was going to be able to watch it. Cause I was supposed to go to my girlfriend's Well, she was running late. And so I was able to sit down and watch it and yeah, just, it just felt so uneasy. Some of his his answers to questions were bizarre. The, the social media one I thought was just really like you, you had so many masseuses because of social media. And like, that was the, the wording on that was off the one that he said he didn't have regrets, which someone in the media did some quoting for clicks um, at the, you know, the worldwide leader. Yeah. That was a bad look by that media member. Um, it looked like he was trying to like, he was trying to be the star of that press conference with some of his questions. I, I will say, it. I, I want to give some credit, though, to a lot of the other reporters for asking yes. the questions yes. needed to be. I know we trash them sometimes. No, Mary I, the, I want to say Mary Kay, Mary Kay, like I, I know we've had our ups and downs, Mary Kay, but you want to what? just bravo on that presser freaking bravo. You ask the appropriate questions. Can we do that in season now, please? Everybody like, did. I mean, Mary everybody did. did. Tony did. Daryl did. Like, obviously, Jake Trotter, you know, he, like, is the guy I was hinting at. Some of his questions, I think, were a little Jake, bit too it, much. Let's be honest. But we know why he's doing it, because he's a Baker guy. Well, yeah. Which we'll we, get to. It's clear. And 
we will talk about this because there are two clear Baker guys that I just, I don't have a gripe with. It's just more of like, okay, the air is over. Shut the fuck up. Right. Like, okay, like I'm going I'm to name him Jake and Hayden, or as I call him, Clarence Al Buble. <laughs> and I, all I'm going to say to you two guys is, I don't know if Baker gave you his cell phone number. Um, if you partied with them at Barley House or whatever, or Emily set you up with one of her girlfriends, I don't know what happened. But, you know, whatever favors you owe to Baker, I understand if there's a loyalty, but he's not the quarterback anymore. Whether you like it or not, move on. Because now you're showing, in my opinion, unprofessional bias as a reporter a reporter is not supposed to be biased when you are biased i can't take you seriously because i know what your intentions are jake and hayden and look hayden does some other good stuff jake does some other good stuff i'm not saying they're terrible people so but the bottom line is is that if you show your bias I can't believe what you write anymore because there is an agenda there. Like for the longest time, I felt like there was an agenda with Mary Kay. There isn't. She may say the stories we don't want to hear over and over again, but she normally has the sources to back it up and has reason to do it. Whether I like it or not that she writes the same five stories every day, it's whatever. Tony, I still think he has an agenda for whatever his reasons are. And even Daryl, I think he doesn't have as much of an agenda. I think it's when they suck, he does. But when they're good, he's good. It's like, I'm a good soldier at this point because, you know, it's what the fans want. He goes by what the fans want to hear. If they want to hear stories about how they suck and all that stuff, they'll write the story. If you if they want to hear the positive spin on it, he's going to do the positive spin to get the clicks. Fine. You're doing your job as a reporter and you really have no biased agenda only to your reader, which is okay and acceptable. But when it's your personal agenda, that's when it's a problem. And that's where I have a problem with Jake and Hayden right now, because they just have their agendas. And I, I'd love to sit here and debate with Hayden. I mean, like, we have listeners who can contact Hayden. I have no way. Pass it along to him. I'd love to have him on and just have a heart-to-heart in terms of, like, I don't hate him. Yes, I'll make the joke of Clarence Al Buble. Fine, whatever. You know, he and I are about to be rivals with my music album coming out next year. You want to know what? Screw it. We'll have fun with that. So, but in terms of reporting, I'd love to figure out why does he push his agenda instead of saying facts? Same thing right. with Jake. Baker sucked. I think what Trotter should be asking is if he was never the guy, and it's clear now that that mispass to, well, the misread to Demetric Felton in Minnesota, that was it. That was the ball game for Baker. That's when Barry moved on. Mm-hmm. Everyone's timeline. They figured it out. If he was done then, I think my big question now is why the hell 
didn't Stefanski and Barry pull his ass and not let him tank his goddamn trade value? Well, it, go ahead if you have a thought, well, because I'll say my piece after. Yeah, and like that was the other fascinating thing from the presser, even though I felt like Barry was very uncomfortable, which I think everybody was because they knew what the the circumstances behind the press conference and everything were. But when Barry said that it was a five month odyssey for to get Deshaun Watson, that goes back to last October, which, you know, yeah, the Minnesota pass to Felton, I think that was one of those signs like, yeah, this is definitely not it. I mean, you go back late October, that's when the OBJ stuff started to unravel. But um, what, where were you even? No, because my, my point and my point is, is like Andrew Barry, if I'm Jake Trotter, here's what I say. Yeah. If this is when it happened, why didn't you put him on IR? Why didn't oh. you put Baker down, put him put on the goddamn tape and say you are clearly injured. I'm looking out for you. I'm putting you on the IR because you need to rest and get healed. You might be able to come back at the end of the year, but I can't guarantee it if you're not healed because in that way, you're showing Baker. Number one, we're being loyal to you and protecting you. You're building up some good faith with them. And number two, you are not tanking his trade value. If you're going to move them. Well, that because now he's exposed. Well, now that you said, why didn't they shut him down? And this has been talked about in Twitter space and everything. When Baker went and got his second opinion, the CBA says if he's cleared to play, they cannot shut him down because he is, is medically cleared to play. That's why they played him. They obviously thought an injured Baker was better than an injured or a healthy case Keenum. We saw and, what Keenum and, was. He was maybe next. and maybe so. But Case Keenum's only start was a win. Yeah, but it wasn't because of him. Doesn't matter. He didn't make mistakes. I know, but they just. Let me ask you this question. With the way the defense played against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, do the Browns beat the Green Bay Packers with Case Keenum not making mistakes, running the offense the way it's supposed to, in Green Bay on Christmas. Does Case Keenum win that game? Answer that question. Knowing what we know now, probably. Then the Browns made a terrible lapse of judgment. And whatever happens with a Baker trade, release, whatever, it's on them. But because but say they, they do bench him, knowing what we are seeing now with him, who says he doesn't go on his tirade then and kills his trade value? acting like an immature little true but i would i would counter that by saying teams will see it as he's frustrated because he is cleared to play and he has a right to be upset that he got benched and he's not exposed on tape so someone's gonna buy i'm just saying this right sam darnold may be quiet as heck like colin coward loves but Sam Darnold cannot read a goddamn field or even make a goddamn good pass if his life depended on it. Baker, at the very least, can make, once in a blue moon, that amazing pass that changes the entire game. And that's sure. something a team's going to buy in on, like a desperate Washington. Which, 
we all know now they had made an offer for Baker, but the Browns did not make the move because they didn't have another quarterback. True. Secured. And I think, I think with hindsight being 2020, I think Barry makes that move without knowing about Watson. Because I, at that time, in fairness, I don't think he saw Malik Willis rise as much as he did. I think if he did Probably see it, not. he would have moved him. He would just, you want to, more assets? We're going to go after Watson. And if we don't get him, we're going to go after Malik Willis. And if we can't get him, you know, if he had known Jimmy G would still be available at this point. They never wanted Jimmy G. Mary Kay has said that forever. But I think in a worst case scenario, you absolutely need a quarterback. And it's cheap at that point. They probably go like, you want to know what? It's worse than having no QB at all. Yeah, but if they're going after Malik, they probably would. They probably still would have signed Jacoby Brissett. Oh, no. What I what I mean is if they couldn't get Willis. Oh, okay. I thought yeah, if, if, if all fails, like gotcha. if everything fails, you go after, you know, someone like that or Cam Newton. I know that's not the sexiest mm, name. I'd rather have Jacoby Brissett. I'd rather have Colin Kaepernick. See, I'm right I, there with you. Right I there mean, with you. Honestly, I'm curious to see what happens with Seattle because if he goes there, it seems like Seattle doesn't want to sign him because I mean they've had all this time. They could have brought him in for a workout. I feel like they're waiting on Baker. Okay, fine. Go right ahead. Yeah. I, I dare you. Who knows how long? I dare you. Sign Colin Kaepernick. I dare you. I triple dog dare you. <laughs> I mean, heck. If you really want him that bad, I mean, I can go pick up Baker. And I mean, I, I, I'll drive to Seattle. And I just have to go five hours east. But, you know, I can drop him off there if you want, you yep. know, on my way. I don't know. You know, I, I mean, that's not even a guarantee. But, you know, you never know. I might be heading out your way, Seattle. I might be. Who knows? Uh, probably shouldn't say that. But, you know, <laughs> you're going to follow your uh, your client, Baker. Heck no. He's not my client anymore. Yeah. I went Paul Heyman's steel chair at the back when he was climbing the ladder for the Money in the Bank briefcase. Heyman went back to Brock, just saying. I never left Brock Osweiler. Okay. <laughs> I lived and died with that man. He's still my that, goat. Hey, that's nothing to brag about. Damn right it is. I like lived me. and died by him. Alex, that would be like me still being an advocate for Colt McCoy. Brock Osweiler went into Foxborough Stadium and beat Tom Brady, saved the Denver Broncos season long enough for Peyton Manning to come back and win a Super Bowl. Brock Osweiler is the reason the Denver Broncos won a ring for Peyton Manning. Settle down. You're getting heated. Mike, why you're getting damn. heated over Brock Eisfather, Alex? Look what you're doing to yourself. You goddamn right, I am. Oh, Jesus, he won Denver a Super Bowl. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Then Von he got a Miller. big ass payday for it. Von Miller won the Broncos a Super Bowl. No, he didn't. That was Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler set him up to be there, bought Peyton time off that he needed, and set him up to be in position to win the goddamn Super Bowl. <laughs> What? I, I can't take you serious anymore. What? No. Give me a hell yeah. Hell no. Not for Brock Osweiler. You gonna watch the KO show tonight? What? Hell yeah. <laughs> there you go. Drink a beer. 
one beer, another beer, three beers, four <laughs> beers, one. Okay. Enough stone cold voices today. Uh, <laughs> anywho, uh, apparently Baker's doing a pod because of all he of this. Did the pod. Oh, we already did. Great. Yep. We get and the- and there's a tie to a former Browns quarterback who was a knucklehead punk. I saw that. Yeah. Is he going to fan controlled football too? Uh, he'll be there in like five years. Oh, fine. Is is What's, uh is but uh, the way he the, the way he's going, he might be there quicker. Is he gonna play with Terrell Owens? Johnny is. Oh no, I want Baker to play with Terrell Owens <laughs> and uh have Terrell every game say, You're not throwing the ball to me, damn it. Oh, you can treat I treat me like OBJ? Can I say this real quick? I get in the car the other day and my dad goes, Oh, did you see Terrell Owens is coming out of retirement? And I'm like, No, because like I mean, we know, we know when like news breaks like that. And I'm like, where's Terrell Owens playing? He goes, he's always, he's playing in the fan control league. I'm like, that's not coming out of retirement. Yes, it is. That's I need a paycheck. <laughs> well, you know, we all need a paycheck yeah, nowadays. So. Especially in this economy of these gas prices. But right. there we go. <laughs> but yeah, the Baker podcast coming out allegedly. We're, I mean, we're recording this on a Saturday, so it'll be out probably sometime next week. Um, it's the You Never Know podcast. Mike, I forget the dude's name. Mike, he's some kind of like rapper, but he has that podcast on the side. Manzel was on it a couple years ago, talked about the Browns. So I don't, I honestly do not give a shit what Baker says. He's playing oh, the victim. You know you're going to listen, though. I'll listen to see if he's playing the victim. Hey, you remember, I don't think I've said this on here, but I said it on Twitter. It seems like Hugh Jackson was the right coach for Baker Mayfield because they blame everybody else but themselves. Imagine if John Dorsey had hired a real coach to be a real influence on Baker from the beginning. Wouldn't have mattered. Dorsey still would have fucked the team up. True, he would have hired Biennemi. And- <laughs> oh, God. Ah, I won't hate on Biennemi until I actually get to see him be a head coach. Yeah, I mean, with the stories with Kansas City, though, right now. Oh, boy. That may have been interesting. Um, So I do have a theory on Baker. It is a little bit out there, but I did start thinking, what's the correlation that happened? And there's one factor that came in that I really never thought of. Are you about to blame the missus? Yes. I knew it. So, but it's not just Emily. It's an alleged situation that happened at the Cheesecake Factory. I now believe that's true. I now believe that story. Not because of I've become anti-Baker. Here's what I think. Baker didn't want the marriage to fall apart. And he obviously cheated on her. And Emily is a strong-willed woman. Like, you don't mess with Emily. And one of the things I respect about her, strong woman, you know, can take care of herself. You don't mess with her. And if you mess with her, she makes you pay. I think pretty much Emily got, she's got Baker by the balls in this relationship. I'm sure she does. Like he cannot be his true self 
And that's why he's constantly playing the victim because he wants that control back in his relationship. We've seen the alleged affair, you know, that was going on since September, allegedly this past year with the Instagram model, whatever. She's not an Instagram model. She's from my town, Alex. Okay. Well, I don't know what she is. I didn't read the whole article. Well, I was just like Baker with this girl. since, And I'm just reading some of the text, like, Oh, freaking hell, the, Baker. And the, best, and the best thing is, is I knew about this in like January because my boy had the screenshots and we just let it go because we just thought maybe it was just nothing. But oh, my God. It's so hot. Take Jake. I, He's the one that sent me this. Jake, man, you you nailed it, brother. He's props, the one that put them out. He put them out. Props. He should have scribbled out the names except Baker. But yeah, whatever. Shout out uh, to Katrina because her. uh <laughs> Her follow request like skyrocketed that day. <laughs> Let's get around the pot. No, 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 no. No, we need stories. Damn no, it. we don't. We're not. Yes, TNG. we do. We're gonna become one of those podcasts. No, I'm not. You can go. Yes, on we down. are. No, Jack, you are going to love it. I don't want to be a gossip columnist. What? I didn't that, sign up. But for that's that. that's what a Browns reporter is. But a pa. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but anyways, I think Baker in his personal life is trying to regain control, which has brought out this victim personality that he's always the victim. Everyone's out to get him. He has no control. Oh, woe is me. All of this. It's not really an Emily thing, but I think that's the root of it. It Where, could be she, she's speaking out about the podcast too. She comment she wrote back to Suryat today when Suryat had something to say about the podcast. What'd she say? Okay, so Suryat put Baker Mayfield has not been on this podcast yet, and people are saying, "quote How could he say these things with a laughing emoji?" And Emily responded, even though her Twitter account's protected. There's a screenshot. She put, "People will be terribly disappointed when they find out he went on the podcast due to the fact that Mike is our friend." And then she puts, and the purpose was never to talk about work, LOL. So, again, I think Baker doesn't want a divorce on his resume. So he's trying to do right by her because of all the times he's probably cheated on her. Um, and this is just my theory. It's out there and it's possibly most likely not true, but I think it's plausible. So there, I'm going to say it. I think because of what's happened, she has the control in the relationship and Baker wants a way out and he wants to be free and be himself, but he doesn't want further scrutiny. So he stays in the relationship, which I, if my theory is correct, which Again, may or may not be. It's allegedly a theory. He has to get divorced immediately. Like, I'm sorry, like, babe, baby, you know, you you get you got you got to get out of this, man. Like, you got you got to let yourself run free, my man. Like, bruh. Now they just they just adopted a puppy. They, they, no, they no, no. Let her let her keep the puppy. I, she will love it. She will love it. Let it be a parting gift. Is part of the settlement. You know, she probably will appreciate. She won't take as much of your money. She'll be like, oh, I get the puppy. So here, have an extra million dollars, Baker. Thank you. 
No visitation for the puppy, though. And you want to know what? You can get a puppy for yourself with that million bucks. So there you go. But uh, it it just seems like there is an, oh, woe is me. And it's it's not him. It's never been him to be, oh, woe is me. He's always been a, when the going gets tough, I get tougher. He's never been woe is me. I mean, it, after the crotch grab incident, when he got suspended, he comes out and he balls out like right afterwards. What happened to that Baker? I get it was college, but like, you know, he comes out, you know, of the NFL. Everyone doesn't believe in him. He's benched. No one believes in him. Comes out, beats the Jets. Everyone's like, ah, that was a fluke. What does he do against the Raiders in the first start? He balls out. Probably should have won that game. Got screwed. What does he do in, I think, what was it, a week or two after that? He beats the goddamn Ravens for Hugh Jackson. Like, holy crap. Where what happened to that Baker? Yeah, something really happened between because that rookie year, like he got married Baker, after the rookie year. I'm yeah. just saying there is there is a plausibility to this theory. I don't know. I feel like there was more to it. Um, him handpicking the head coach, dumping the real reason why he was successful, Ken Zampezi. Like there, there was a lot of things. Maybe and I, you know, I'm not going to speak on the marriage because I mean, we don't know. If that's, and I, that's why I keep saying it's allegedly, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's a your theory. theory. There is probably no truth to it. This is me very much on the outside looking in, but you know, I, I've been around is some people, in my family having divorces and seeing how toxic they can be. So I've learned a thing or two from those people. Yeah. So I know I mean, it's just a lot of stuff on and off the field. And I, and I have studied when I searched this draft, I did a lot of background on Baker Mayfield because I had to try to convince people he wasn't Johnny Manziel. And he's and sure acting re- like him now. He's acting like him now. And I don't know what the hell happened because he was never like this. Never in a million years at Oklahoma outside of maybe the running away from the cops thing. That was the closest he ever got. You can say the crotch grab, but you want to know what? He was emotional in that game. And they, I think the story goes, they didn't respect him. Fucking Kansas. He's always been very outspoken though. I mean, yes, the Duke Johnson but, thing, which if it was so funny when Duke came back out and put the, uh, the, the train, train wreck. wreck. Yeah. But, I mean, did, but I understand the crotch grab because apparently as he said, and others have said, Kansas did not respect him. No, they the didn't fucking, shake his hand in the, you're fucking Kansas. You're always dead last in the Big 12. I'm sorry. If you want to act like that, do not be stunned when the top team in the Big 12 who's kicking your ass because you're the bitch of the Big 12, if he crotch grabs you, like, for whatever reason, and mocks you because you didn't respect them, they always kick your ass. What did you expect was going to happen when you didn't respect them? I defend that one because Kansas just was stupid. They they had that coming. I'm sorry. But nothing about Baker has made sense since 2019. And that's where it's bugged me. You know, I thought after 2020 he was going to get it right. He hasn't. 
sorry, Bake. You know, just my personal theory. I'm probably wrong because I don't know the guy personally. I don't know Emily personally. So I'm just making a wild assumption just for talking points on this show. So there you go. (laughs) At least I admit it. So there you go. Right. So if Emily wants to say a tirade about it, fine. Go right ahead. I don't really care. We're we're filling time, Emily. Sorry. Be ready next week when we break down Baker's appearance on the podcast. (laughs) No, next week we're actually breaking down the wide receivers in this draft class. Why? We don't have a first round pick. It's a deep wide receiver class. We must be prepared. John Mechie. It's, it's who? John Mechie. Yeah. Or Christian Watson. Or George Pickens. There you go. Yes. George Pickens. Yes. 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 Daniel Bryan. Yes. Or Brian Danielson. Yes. Yes. George Pickens, no matter what. Do it. Uh, if I had a post-it note, I'd crumble it up right now and throw it in my room till drafting well when we do our live draft show you know by the way just a re-announcing we will be doing a draft show now the question is which day or are we doing days jack we're gonna announce it live on the show right now are we gonna do, we it do it on thursday i think i will at least do it thursday I will at least do it Thursday and whoever in the Dogland group wants to join us. And then I think we'll do it via spaces somehow um, and go from there and just, yeah, we could try. Yeah, we can try have Browns fans talk. Cause I wouldn't be stunned if a trade does happen with the Browns at the end of the first I'm, round. I'm sure there'll be 45 Brown spaces going on that night too. So. <laughs> So you want to know what? Damn it, we'll do it somewhere else. No, okay. That's no. probably the best place for us. Most likely. Uh, so we'll do it that night. Uh, night two, we'll figure out what we're going to do. I would like to do it different and either do a Twitch or something like that. Like Let's do Zoom a or space Thursday night, and then we'll do like a Twitch or Zoom on Friday. Yeah, we'll try to figure out Twitch, Zoom. Again, it all depends on my job situation because uh, if I am fortunate enough to get this offer from this one job, I will be moving within the next few weeks, if not sooner. Um, Mm -hmm. I will be out of Cleveland uh, and the state of Ohio, potentially. Um, So we will see. Keep your fingers crossed, guys. You're taking your talents to South Beach, aren't you? Uh, No, uh, the other corner of the country. (laughs) Or, uh, or, or, you know, I, I don't, they don't know I do a pod. So who gives a damn? Uh, or I might be going to um, a team that let's just say we're very bitter about six years ago. Still. Oh, you're going to California to join the Warriors. Yes. Yes. There it is. Cause I got a call last night. Yes, you did. <laughs> Allegedly. No one can prove it. No, Tell Mike Brown. No, I said no. I no. Shout out, shout out, my boy. Shout out, my Mike boy. Brown. Mike Brown. Yes. Oh, yes. sweet. Yes. I I looked at him and said, I have no idea what I'm doing talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> T. 
Did he know the meme? I won't say. <laughs> maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. You'll never know. Anywho, who's ready for it? Jack, are you ready for this? Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? In honor of Triple H, who is now retired. God. Uh, and rest in peace, Scott Hall, yeah. the bad guy. Uh, anywho, uh, we are ready to unveil Mock Draft 3.0. It is going on the dogland early this week and followed up uh, hopefully by end of week weekly. I'm hoping weekly. Again, depends on everything on my schedule. Weekly Brown seven round mocks that I'll do for the dog land leading up to the draft on top of this. And I also have a couple of our two other small articles I want to do for the sake of the pod and for uh, the draft, because small announcement I'm going to make uh, because of everything that's going on with my life, potentially, and obviously where I stand with the Browns at the very least, I need a week or two after the draft to kind of think about what I want to do with the podcast. Um, I don't know if I just want to do this, like do this whenever, if I want to keep going with it. Um, I've talked to a couple of, I mean, Jack knows about this. I've talked to a couple of other groups and, you know, about bringing it over somewhere. Right. I don't know what's going to happen with the pod. Um, but I just need the time to figure out my bounds because if I get this job, I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to have like no time to do this pod. Right. Like, especially in the summer, like I will literally have no time until the season. And even then, like, like I, I literally am relocating myself potentially to one of potentially two cities and I'm literally starting over. So like, mm-hmm that's overwhelming. And I, I think I would continue doing this. I just don't know what the schedule would even look like. And I don't want to commit beyond that because this is my escape. This is my normalcy. And I'd like to keep it for the sake of keeping my sanity, especially if I end up moving and I, I need, you know, some resemblance of home life in my life. So We'll cross that bridge when we get there, but we're going to go straight up to the draft and the one after the draft. And then we're going to take a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to figure things out because once I figure out my schedule, once Jack and I talk about what we want to do with the pod, if anyone wants to recruit us or if, you know, we can find something to expand on this with the Dogland group, you know, because I want to expand it. I, I either... I'm going to expand this or it's just going to be a stagnant podcast for everybody. And I know a bunch of you listen and really enjoy the pod and I love you all and I appreciate you all, but it's been more so a, I just want to figure this out for myself kind of thing. I want to keep doing it. I just got to figure out how the hell I'm going to do it because I just don't have time. And, and I understand that completely, man. Like yeah. I understand. A, we talked about the, it privately. The, so the timing be your personal conflict with the team. Like I understand it all. Like 
I still have the dog land. So it's not like you're leaving me empty handed. Oh, no, no, and, no. Like, you know, I appreciate no. your friendship and I support any decision you make going forward, yeah. brother. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think we're going to end the podcast. It's just more of a, I need to figure out how we're going to do this going forward because I don't want to run into a situation where we didn't do anything during the season. Right. And obviously, Jack, you have your career, I have my career. But if I can't seem to find a way to do what I want to do, then maybe we change what the podcast is. Mm -hmm. Like it'll still be the top dogs, but we do it differently. Right. Maybe I'll do, maybe Jack, I, I recruit you to be a draft guy and we do a draft pod for the Browns all year. That was one of the ideas I had is that, you know, yes, we watch the games and stuff, but we're watching more college football, scouting college guys and scouting for the Browns all year and hopefully becoming Browns fans go to pod for draft information on players because right. I'm passionate about this stuff. So it's like, follow what you love to do. I love to scout. I love to go over this. Okay. Maybe I don't have to follow the team, but I can kind of like, I don't want to call it like a building the Browns type of thing, but it is almost like we're building the Browns right. for the future. We just, can't, we just can't use that name. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what do you mean? We're not using that name. It's still the top dogs. Damn it. That's right. the killer name. No one else. used Building it. the dogs, building the dogs, the building, the dogs file, building the dogs files or whatever. Or the building the dogs saga of the top dogs. So anyways, here we go. Without any further ado, the, ever so crazy insane mock 3.0 where with the number one pick i didn't waste any freaking time i'm buying it hook line and freaking sinker with the number one pick bulky goes fucking bulky the jaguars take trayvon walker out of georgia whoa i don't know how this is happening but Trayvon Walker is legitimately in play right now, guys. I remember seeing that tweet and I'm like, is this for real? Like, it's for but real. It, it, but it's I've, I've talked bulky. to it. I've talked to a couple people. Yeah, it is real. It is oh, real. The, it. the athletic grades are unlike anything they've seen. And there, and he played outstanding at Georgia this past year. He did. The production's there. The talent is there. The athletic grade is so good that the people I've talked to said, you say it all the time. Who's making the pick? Trent Balky. Do you really trust this guy to go with the, the regular board? No. There's a reason why Vegas keeps upping the odds on Trayvon Walker. This is real. I'm buying a hook, line, sinker right now. Do I think in Mach 4.0 I'm going Aiden Hutchinson? Yes, I think I am. But if they go edge number one, the entire draft is on its head because now number two is up for grabs, especially if Aiden's on the board, because I don't know what the lines are going to do. And that's where I said, you want to know what? Screw it. We're presenting a scenario, a very real scenario, because with the number two pick, the lions take Malik Willis quarterback out of Liberty. Let him sit behind Jared Goff and learn and let him become the guy you want him to be. The kid is for real. He has learned how to become the guy and you can get edge or corner guys 
at 32. You will not get Malik Willis at this spot again. So why risk it? Unless if you're willing to give up future picks and move up, which I still think is in play, but you are going to have to fight the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the one spot, if you're Detroit, I don't have to fight with the Steelers to go get my quarterback. And you want to know what? I'd rather move up to get an edge rusher than to get a quarterback if I'm Detroit. And with the way like a George Karloftis performed at Purdue's Pro Day, that's a guy in the middle of the first round. You have picked 32 and 33. Why not package those and get your butt back up there to get your edge guy? You got your quarterback, go get your edge guy. It's easier to get your quarterback now than it is to get your quarterback later. Get him now, figure it out later. And number three, the Texans sprint to the podium and take Aiden Hutchinson. Lovey Smith will not let him overthink it. He'll be like, I want this guy. Go get him. I thought about a mod Gardner here, but I think Aiden Hutchinson fits perfectly into that defense, almost like another J.J. Watt for them. He fits Houston perfectly, especially with Lovey Smith. And number four, this could go in 20 different directions. It could go wide out. It could go corner. It can go tackle. But I went edge. Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. I think he's recovered just enough to stay in the top five, though I still think he can fall out of the top five. I think if he doesn't get picked here, he's going to slide. He either goes here or he starts sliding. And he goes and plays for Robert Sala, who knows what it's like to have a great edge rusher in a Nick Bosa from San Francisco. He needs someone to help take the pressure off of Carl Lawson coming off of injury, an Achilles injury, no less. So he performed well with his athletic drills. He performed well at his pro day. I don't see why he doesn't go number four. Right. Number five, here's where we went more off the rails. There was one team working with Charles Cross more than anyone else at his pro day. The owner of the number five pick, the New York Giants. I'm going to buy that he is offensive tackle number one on their board. That if Evan Neal, Akeem, or Iki Ikanwu are on the board, they will pass on both to take Charles Cross, who is flying up boards, showing great versatility on the line, great athleticism, good strength for the position. He's done as well as you could ask for an offensive tackle three on my board to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's arguable he's a top 10 prospect now easily, maybe even top five prospect, putting three tackles in the top five. And number six, the Panthers, I thought about Kenny Pickett. But with Evan Neal on the board, you can wait until the second day to go get somebody. Take a Spencer Rattler, take a Carson Strong, protect your quarterback. Did you mean Desmond Ritter? Oh, Desmond Ritter. My God. I miss those two up so much. Oh it's okay. My God. I mess up JC Treader and Wyatt Teller all the time. So. Oh my God. 
I was going to say Spencer Rattler's Spencer Rattler. College. Yeah. You want to know what? He should be in this draft still anyways. But he was supposed mid, to be. But he'd be a mid. He, oh, he's be that's a mid. That's what he is. He's a mid. Yes. Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter is going to make me pay for that one day. I'm sorry, man. Like, it, it's just. God damn. Like. It's okay. I mean, it just goes. It goes to show how highly I he wasn't accurate in college. I'm not a fan. I know Josh, you'll say the Josh Allen, but he does have Josh Allen's arm. I mean, if you have Josh Allen's arm, you can be that inaccurate. He doesn't have that arm. He had weapons to play with and he was good with them. So, but I said, Evan, Neal to Carolina, cause you got to protect your quarterback. Even if you were to bring in Jimmy G Baker or Darnold, you got to protect him. If you don't do that, you're done. What's the point of having Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and all those weapons? Move them. If you can't protect your quarterback to buy yourself time, get them out. So, Nick Wilson, I got you on. I got your tackle. Don't worry. You're good. Number seven, the Giants went Jermaine Johnson. I mean, they need a tackle and an edge. It all, it all comes down to what's on the board. What are they going to do? How's it look for them? Who's going to fall? And that's where I think they go. And Johnson's the next best one. Atlanta, though, has made a trade. The Pittsburgh Steelers are not messing around. They need a quarterback. And they have traded the number 20 overall pick. A 2023 third-round pick. And a 2023 first round pick to the Atlanta Falcons for Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. And this is where I, this is where I question if that's realistic, but at the same time, the more I think about it, it is like they have to go get a quarterback. Everybody knows that Atlanta's going to want to trade down. I mean, Icky Kanwu's on the board. Teams are going to be fighting for that pick. Somebody's going to have to blow them away. And that's where I think Pittsburgh makes the move, goes and gets their quarterback, lets him sit behind Trubisky. When Trubisky can't do the job, Kenny will come in. And you know the Steelers are going to be in that 15 to 20 range next year at the very least in terms of that pick with just subpar quarterback play. So. They're not really giving up a prime pick if we're being honest here. And if Deshaun Watson gets suspended for a long period of time, if they get better than average quarterback play, it's going to be a twenties pick next year. So Pittsburgh says we got our quarterback and they they're in an arms race. They got to go get a quarterback. So then Seattle. Now they can't get a quarterback, which I would think now they would go after Baker aggressively mm-hmm. basically i think that's what andrew barry's doing he's waiting for the draft to move him to see who's left when the dust settles and seattle takes icky Ikanwu. basically i think they're going to end up with baker if you're going to have baker mayfield you need to get him a line that can protect them plain simple icky Ikanwu is arguably the best left tackle in the draft they have not had a great left tackle in years. 
fills the void. You're good to go. Baker's protected. He has a shot at least to redeem himself. There you go. Not that hard, Seattle. You're on your way back. The Jets take Ahmad Gardner out of Cincinnati at number 10. Good they need defense. You get Thibodeau, Gardner, and I think Salah sees a lot of Richard Sherman in him. A lot of Richard Sherman. And that's where I think he's probably, I could see him going as high as four, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm that, really thinking about in Mach 4.0, just say he's going four, like done. The odds are starting to go up about him going number four. I so. think he's going number four, honestly. I mean, this is locked in at this point, but in Mach 4.0, I think he's going four. So stay tuned. The Washington Commanders go wide receiver. But which one, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, they do have one great wide receiver went to Ohio State and Terry McLaurin. Why not get get another? How about they get another? But which one? Which one? Olave. They go Garrett Wilson. Ah. Ah. I have a bet on what Buckeye receiver is going first. Oh, so you say Olave. I I think I'm pretty sure I picked Olave. I'm saying Wilson, honestly. I could see him going as high as eight. Yeah. Maybe earlier. But with Carson Wentz as your quarterback, he needs weapons. Period. End of story. If he doesn't have the weapons, he's screwed because he sucks. I told y'all he sucks. So that's one of my greatest hits is that he sucks. I told y'all. But yeah, they go Garrett Wilson. The Vikings. This is where Kawisi probably goes like, I know I got one of the best safeties in football right now, but I'm going to go get another one. He's getting old, though. And he's going to get Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. Oh, another Notre Dame safety. Wow. Wow. It only worked (laughs) out so well. Right. (laughs) And, man, that's just a perfect fit there. Man, he would be so good if they – who's their defensive coordinator again? Who would they go to this time? Uh, Because – didn't they bring somebody from the Rams over? Um, hold on. I'm doing this as I, we. Well, I, while you're figuring that out. Oh, Ed Donatel. He was, he's been, he was with the Broncos forever. Oh, okay. Well, man, he knows how to use safeties. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Mike Petton's there too. Oh, Deshaun, oh, Deshaun yeah. Gibson. Remember yeah. he balled out. Deshaun oh, yeah. Gibson and Dante Whitner. Yep. He knows the importance. Jordan of Poyer, when he was Jordan still here. Poyer, he knows how to he knows how to use great yes, safeties. I mean, it's a perfect fit. The Texans at thirteen from Cleveland take Derek Stingley. Pair him with Aiden Hutchinson. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. If Stingley lives up to his hype, man, that defense can be really special. Really special. Now you got to build around Davis Mills. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. We'll cross that. The Ravens, they could go with Jordan Davis, but they did sign Michael Pierce. So I don't think that's as high in their priority list right now. They need to get depth in the secondary. Andrew Booth is a smart, physical leader of a, a cornerback. And I do think 
the Ravens go with him. He fits what they like in a corner, and that's what I think they do. And then at 15, the Eagles, wait, wait, wait. We have another trade. The Eagles have traded with the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have moved up from 25, throwing in a third round this year and a third round next year to get number 15 and select defensive tackle Jordan Davis out of Georgia. The main position of need for the Bills is an interior defensive tackle. And I mean, you put him on this defense with Von Miller and uh, who's the kid from Houston. I like them. And Oliver Ed Oliver. I mean, like you put those Jesus him and Ed Oliver together are a nightmare. I mean, the bills are trying to win a darn super bowl. This is a move that wins you a darn super bowl fills in your last need. Go get it done. Finish the goddamn job. Buffalo. Seriously, Cleveland's begging you to. I know Cleveland fans shouldn't be like saying, oh, yeah, we won. They're basically our sister football team in a way. We want them to win for God's sake. If we can't let them, like seriously, if it ain't going to be this year because of Watson's possible suspension, let it be them. And they're let it be them. New stadium up there. Yeah. In a few years. Yeah. And you didn't build a dome, you fucking idiots yeah so well that's a hey we need to have that talk next week yeah we will we will definitely have that talk because i know what jimmy's thinking and i know what i'm thinking build a dome i want a wrestlemania damn it retractable roof retractable roof i don't give a damn just give me a damn wrestlemania yes it's all we need you can duck the miz here into the and Hall Dolph. of Fame and, and Dolph. Dolph at the same time. And 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 Logan Paul going in the celebrity. No, no, <laughs> no. He does not belong in Cleveland. We've disowned him. Hey, have you seen the picture yet of his I WrestleMania gear? I don't give He's a- got a chain with a Pokemon card. <laughs> and yeah, like- is it the fake Pokemon card he bought for $3 million? Probably, but it's funny. Yeah, that's what they teach you at Westlake High, how to well. spend $3 million on something that's fake. Good job, Westlake. You're a bunch of idiots over there. That's why you suck in the Southwest Conference, baby. Good right, job. Track. Pick 16 or whatever. Freaking demons. <laughs> if I just insulted Westlake listeners, I don't give a damn. <laughs> I hated you guys. So anyway, 16. Philly doesn't trade this one. They select George Karloftis out of Purdue. They need an edge rusher. Yes, they got some depth there, but hey. Why not add another rusher? And they love to add their edge rushers. I think this is a solid pick for them. I thought about the corner from Washington McDuffie, but I decided against it because Karloftis, I think is a great find here. The chargers crying over the fact they couldn't get Jordan Davis, take Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa. They need a left tackle, protect your quarterback, protect your quarterback guys, plain and simple. Then we have the Saints, where Jack on our show, on the draft show, will cry and say, I need to buy a Saints jersey. 
as the New Orleans Saints take wide receiver Jamison Williams out of Alabama. I could rock a Saints Williams jersey. Who that? Who that? Who that? Yeah. yeah, it's who that. So there you go. It's not who day, that's for sure. Ooh. I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. That's right. Number 19, Philadelphia has traded again. Aha, uh-huh. Howie Roseman, you devil. Jack Duffin would be so happy. Well, they are basically rumored to be trading down so they have more assets for next year if Jalen Hurts is not the guy. And in this place, the New York Jets have acquired the number 19 pick, trading a their second-round pick this year. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, so I'm sorry. I have to fix this in the write-up because it's not right. They acquired their second and fourth-round pick this year and their second-round pick next year from the, from the uh, Eagles, uh, from the Jets. The Eagles get that. So, and the Jets take wide receiver Drake London. They walk away with Thibodeau, Gardner, and London. Ooh, they would win the draft. Yep. My and if you, God. you, if you're a Jets fan right now, you have to be doing cartwheels, and you have to get aggressive. You have a solid piece in Elijah Moore. Now you need to get an R wide out in there for Zach Zach Wilson. Give him a shot. Give him a shot because I saw some flashes at the end of the year where I'm like, you know what? He just had a shitty team around him. Also get him a goddamn running back, please. Seriously. We'll give him Kareem. Give me a three next year and you got a deal. Maybe a two, but I'll take the three, honestly, because of the money. Uh, And now with the 20th pick, the Atlanta Falcons take. Chris Olave out of Ohio State. Love that pick. Getting all those assets and getting a Calvin Ridley replacement so they can move Ridley when he's activated from suspension. They basically get his replacement here and getting a number one next year from the Steelers, prepping them to be in line to get one of the quarterbacks in next year's draft. Wouldn't it be something for Olave to sit for a year and then get his quarterback to join him in Atlanta next year? Yup. I'm already thinking that for Atlanta. Sorry, Mariota. I love you, but you ain't the guy. The Patriots sprint to the podium, take the most Patriots pick ever in Trent McDuffie. Someone thinks he can be an all pro safety. I mean, I can kind of see it but I would start him at corner and go from there. I mean, I think he can do both. So the Packers devastated. Chris Olave is not on the board, but they say, you want to know what? No worries. We're going to take Traylon Burks and get that vertical downfield threat for Aaron Rodgers, And he will be a star with Aaron Rodgers. Question on Burks. Like there's yep. talk about him sliding. Like what's the, what's the deal? Is it because of his testing numbers? Like, I think it's the testing numbers. Watch the tape guys. He had a shitty quarterback and he made him look good. He made him look I, so good. I said, I was talking to somebody about this and it's the same thing with Thibodeau. I think a team is trying to get, well, teams in this case, trying to get those guys to slide. 
And they're just putting stuff out trying to. Of course. Although Thibodeau's kind of like. Thibodeau, like, oh, the... it's kind of real, but we'll see. Yeah. But like, I feel like, oh, this is smokescreen season. Like somebody's trying to get Traylon Burks to fall. Like, I... yeah. Watch the tape, guys. It's... The kid's phenomenal. He had a shitty quarterback and he put up video game numbers. I don't think I really need to explain much more than that. Right. The Arizona Cardinals losing Chandler Jones knee and edge guy. And they take my guy, Boye Mafe. It would have been David Ojabo, but they can't wait on him. They right. need somebody now. And Boye Mafe, I mean, he's tested out of this world good. And the tape says he's going to be explosive. So I think the Cardinals get a steal here. The Cowboys, though, are not afraid to take risks. And they take David Ojabo to be the successor later on when Demarcus Lawrence's contract expires. So they prep him to be that guy. The Eagles now at 25 take Jahan Dotson, needing to get more weapons for Jalen Hurts. Now he's starting to get no excuses. This is the Eagles saying, either you're the guy or we have assets to go get the guy. Plain and simple. And now they have a choice to make. We'll see what happens. The Titans crying over the fact they cannot get a wide receiver or at least think they have to reach to get one. Take N'Kobe Dean out of Georgia. I mean, athletic, freakishly athletic linebacker, explosive all over the field. Fits well for them that they need a linebacker bad. The Buccaneers run to the podium and take their Ali Marpet replacement in Zion Johnson out of Boston College, who Tom Brady is absolutely going to love blocking for him. And then the Packers. This is where I got a little, like, I'm not sure what to do here. There's not really an edge guy. There's not really another need. But they don't really have a, a slot route-running receiver. And that's when I hit me. There is a guy that kind of fits all that. That's kind of like a poor man's Chris Olave in this draft. And that's Sky Moore out of Western Michigan. Sky Moore and Traylon Burks would be something in Green Bay because you could have Burks be the true number one. Devontae Adams, like big physical athletic, big play guy. And Sky Moore can kind of be that route running slot guy that, you know, is kind of slept on with Rogers, but Rogers always finds a way to get him involved and really makes him into a star and maybe the better receiver out of the two, almost like his new Randall Cobb and turns him into something. Sky Moore, I just love, and I would love to see him on the Browns, but I do think a lot of these wide receivers are going to jump in this draft in the later part of the first round. The Chiefs with back-to-back picks because they traded Tyreek Hill. What the hell? I mean, I get it, but I, whoa, whoa. Tyreek wanted his money. Fair enough. Well, the first pick they take, Daxton Hill out of Michigan. They need a Tyron Matthew replacement. And this one can play corner too. A versatile secondary guy with elite athleticism who 
I mean, that just sounds like a Tyron Matthew replacement to me. I mean, I'm surprised he's still out on the market. I think he wants too much money and teams really don't have the money. Browns do something, please. I would love honey badger. Oh my God. Can we just get it, get him and flip off Joe banner? Can we, can can we, can we, can we just tweet them and say, Hey, we finally got him. Thanks for nothing. Assholes. Leon McFadden, baby. Leon McFadden was really great. Uh, At number 30, Christian Watson goes to the Chiefs. I I think that's a lock. That that is such a goddamn lock at this point. (laughs) You're telling me Christian Watson is going to fall out of the first round with the Chiefs with back-to-back picks. And it's Nicole Hardman's contract year. Might as well replace. You really are going to sit here and tell me, Jack, the Browns have a shot at Christian Watson. No. No, he's going to the Chiefs. But the mock draft simulators say that he's shut up. You can't predict it, (laughs) especially when you hear the number 32 pick, which is just going to send shockwaves upon shockwaves. Because I thought about Detroit trading up, but I couldn't figure it out. The Bengals at 31 take Tyler Linderbaum, and now I'm scared. Now I'm scared of the Bengals because that's just a perfect fit for them. They need interior line help. They need line help all over the place, but like, oh mm-hmm. God, put Linderbaum there. That running game is going to be fun. That it's going to take the pressure off Burrow. Burrow's getting more time to throw. The interior line is just going to be great. It's going to be a perfect fit. And then with the number 32 pick, because all edge rushers are gone, we have a reach. Well, maybe not a reach. The Detroit Lions take edge. Josh Pascal out of Kentucky with the number Whoa. 32 pick a guy who right now in a lot of mocks is going in the third round, but I'm going to say this right now, the way he's tested the tape, everything else, there's a lot of buzz him moving up into the first round. I think he is probably at least a mid round two selection at this point with the way edge rushers are going to go. I think he's going to get pushed up in the draft, and I think he's going to get pushed up big time. And the Lions need an edge guy, and that's that's just a perfect fit for them. So, and that'll do it for Mach 3.0. So, Jack, any questions on it? Any thoughts? Because got a little crazy. Another interesting one. Here's my question because it pertains to the Browns. In your mind right now, looking at your first round mock, 44, who would you put? Who would you pick? Travis Jones. I like it. I think at that point, if you're a Browns fan and you're looking at Perion Winfrey, um, the other one out of Georgia, I forgot his name right now. I don't have it in front of me. Oh, and, uh, Winfrey? No, I, Winfrey's Oklahoma. Oh, um, um Logan Hall? No, Houston? no, no, no. Okay. Well, Logan Hall's another one that he's like a fringe defensive tackle. It's the other one out of Georgia. Uh, now I got a pull. Oh, um, I know who you're talking about because like McShay mocked him. Um, yeah, he, the other one. I, I just yeah, don't I can't think of his name in front of, his, in front of me. But uh, if you're looking at the board at the end of day one, and you see all four are on the Devontae board. Devontae Wyatt, by the way. Devontae Wyatt. Yeah, that's right. I should have thought Bray Wyatt, Devontae Wyatt. There we go. 
uh, let him in. If those four are all on the board at the end of night one, if I'm the Browns, I try to be prepared to move up and go get one of them. You don't have a defensive tackle. I prefer Travis Jones. I like Perrion Winfrey a lot. Devontae White, I think, would be a steal in round two. I got a first-round grade on him. I also got a first-round grade on Travis Jones. I think Travis Jones is just going to be a run stuffer throughout his and career. That's not Barry's MO. Yeah, I know. But if you're a Browns fan, I would just say, I think if the Browns can sit at 44 and get one of them, if the board pertains to it, you are looking very good at the end of day one with those four on the board, uh, George Pickens, a couple of other wide receivers still on the board. The safeties are pretty much all on the board. I mean, outside Daxton Hill, I mean, you have everyone else. So, and the only downside is you really don't have a lot of edge rushers. If like a Josh Pascal goes 32, now you're kind of worried about how the edge rusher class is going to go. And I think at that point, Barry's going to focus on the edge rusher position, unless if Clowney's signed by then, or he gets somebody else to sign by draft day and say, okay, I don't have to worry about this as much. And yeah, I like a couple guys, but you know what? I got other positions I got to fill right now, and I'm going to go get that. How do you feel about Drake Jackson? Because that's a guy I'm definitely intrigued with at 44. I think he underperformed at USC. I don't know if it's just a talent thing or just a scheme fit thing. The talent's there. Like, the athleticism is fine. He's got prototypical size. He does fit all the guardrails. He fits the guardrails. Especially he's only like, I don't even think he's 21 yet. So I think he's the, again, I think he would be the target at 44, but I think in this scenario, Drake Jackson is going to go earlier. You're going to have to go up and get him. Yeah. Especially if Pascal's going 32, it makes much sense. I I think in Mach 4.0, Detroit's going to move up from 32 to get an edge guy, because if I'm a Lions fan, here's what I think. And I'm speaking more so to my buddy, Anthony Ianni, um, but I would take Malik Willis number two. I would package 32 and 33 to get up into the middle of the first round. Yes, I know I need a corner. Yes, I know I need secondary help. But you have not had a great edge rusher for years. Maybe the two years of Ziggy Ansah, that's it. And the other one you had was Robert Porsche years ago. There's a blast from the past for you. Go get your guy. Go get him. Whether it be Jermaine Johnson slipping, whether it be you want David Ojabo and you want to go take that chance, you want to go get George Karloftis, go get your guy. Go get him. Because you got Malik Willis and you're passing on the top edge rushers. Go get that second tier while you still can. Don't sit back and say, what if we moved up? And I'm just going to spoil it right now. I think I'm going to mock it him. 4.0 where I have no idea. We'll figure that out when I get there, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with mock uh, 4.0 and what I would do for the lines. But for the Browns, I think Drake Jackson would be in play. I think Travis Jones would be very much in play. 
Um, because I think if I read the guardrails right, hold on, because I have shout out Jack Duffin. I actually saved it, I think, as no, I didn't save it as a favor. I thought I did. What the hell, man? The hell? So I have his guardrails check sheet. So basically, Travis Jones doesn't fit. The one that actually does is Logan Hall, mostly, because I it, the, we just don't know the age. So looking at his guardrail spreadsheet, the only player who crosses off all four is Christian Harris, the linebacker out of Alabama, which I like him, but I'm not in love with him. Drake Jackson, depends on if he can get there. Pickens makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. as well. Daxon Hill, I know he put him there. I don't think he's going to make it to 44. If he does, I'm sprinting to the podium and taking him because he can play safety and corner. Uh, I, I'm getting him. Um, and I know, I know Duffin and I have talked about Leo Chanel as, and he projects well athletically as an edge screw it do it do it anyways like i'm not against the idea of taking a guy who's primarily a linebacker like a mill linebacker and saying you want to know what you you fit the guardrails to be an edge guy we're going to train you to be an edge guy tj watt tj watt was a lot like this he wasn't a debate oh go ahead sorry no go ahead go ahead there's a debate about nick benito too about whether he's an edge or not. And that's where you have to make that call of, are they an edge or not? And I think Leo Chanel is a guy who I'm really, the more I look at him and the more I watch him play, I'm thinking I'm watching another TJ Watt. Mm -hmm. Like just put him on the edge, let him attack. He likes to do that. The athletic scores match. Just put him on the edge. If you're really telling me Leo Chanel is a chance to be TJ Watt and we can steal him at 44 and pair the next TJ Watt with miles freaking Garrett. Good night, everybody. We're winning the super bowl. Like the offense doesn't need to do much because miles Garrett and Leo Chanel are going to terrorize everybody. All you need is decent defensive tackles at that point that can stop the run. You don't need anyone special. Just get pressure. That's it. Ball game. Good night. Thanks for coming. You can and trade I mean, Denzel Ward for God's sake because you don't need a great corner. You have two great pass rushers. They're going to, have to take the pressure off your corners, which you yeah. already have decent corners to begin with outside of Denzel Ward. And that's a topic we'll talk about in the future. But yes. my point exactly is that, like, if you got the next great pass rusher, man, it's over. It's over. You're going to win a, probably a Super Bowl with that defense, and the offense will come together. And yes, we won't like the fact that that guy is going to hold the trophy. A lot of us may not. Some of us will. And that's perfectly acceptable again. But we may not like who holds the trophy up at the end, but it's our trophy. And whether it feels dirty or not, in fairness, do you want to say a lot of Pittsburgh fans still feel dirty about the whole Ben thing? Do you think Ravens fans feel dirty about the Ray Lewis thing? I mean, we should feel dirty about the Jim Brown stuff, but we won't get into that. Oh, we did already. I know we won't get into it again. For sure. 
the point is, is that at 44, you are sitting in a really good spot to get whatever you need, depending on how the next few weeks go. If you're able to get Will Fuller for Deshaun Watson, great. Then you don't need to go wide out at 44. Do I recommend it at, at the 70 pick? Yes. Because in every mock simulator I do, they're all gone by then. They're all gone. Like the more I do it, I have to do it there or not at all. And I know people don't like hearing, well, you didn't take a wide receiver. Like in my seven round mock, they were all gone by the nineties, maybe Tyquan Thornton, but do you really want me to go with another just pure speed guy with no route tree and limited hands? I might as well just cut Schwartz. Like, do you want me to do that or not? I don't think you do. So that it's a give and take with this kind of a draft when you went all in on a quarterback. That's what Browns fans are going to have to learn. You're going to have to give and take with each of your selections, and you got to be very precise about them, very precise. So that's what we're going to be talking about the next few weeks as we get closer to draft and everything becomes very much crystal clear of how it's going to go. Mach 4.0 will be released exclusively on the pod the week of the draft. It will be released on the Dogland the Wednesday before the draft. So you have to listen to the pod to actually get the mock before the Dogland uh, posts it, which if we go back to last year, Jack, if I recall correctly, we got 12 of the 32 picks to their correct teams. Maybe not the correct order, but to their correct teams, which was one of the best in the entire goddamn country. For sure. I don't know why I'm trying to top that. I'm not. But you want to know what? Hell with it. Trent Balky, fuck you. I'm going to figure this out because you suck and I'm better than you. And you know it. Hit hit the goddamn MJF music, damn it. So, anyways, uh, next week, uh, we'll talk about wide receivers, Brown's draft position needs, what's it looking like at this point. Uh, I'll have my Brown's seven-round mock. I'll kind of break that down for everybody, how I went through it. Um, I don't know about a guest next week. I have to reach out to a couple people. I know Andy said uh, he wants to, but he kind of wants the way he's busy right now. Obviously, with what he's doing, I don't blame him. So we'll get him on at some point. There are a couple of ours I would like to reach out to and see if they're able to do it. Um, So we may reach out to a new guest. So we'll we'll figure it out. If not, it's going to be me and Jack. And next week, it could be all off the rails because i i'm gonna know something in the next week so we will find out what my future is next week oh boy so until then please keep your fingers crossed i actually really want this not not that i want to move but like i'm telling you guys man this job is so attractive to me and just like i love i'm gonna love what i do every freaking day and i would love to tell you guys what i've been up to and where i'm going because only the people that know are going to be like, yeah, we, we knew, but the people that don't know are going to be like, holy freaking shit. 
you know oh so now it makes sense yes yep so i would love to reveal it all next week and we might be able to so that said there's your tease for next week i can tell you what i've been doing or not we'll find out next week on the top dogs jack tell everybody how they follow you at jack mccurry 08 on twitter you can follow me at the cle sports guy until next week we will talk to you then go round